Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Plot the Notes and Grits. We know it's been a long time away, but I am one of your co-hosts, Tyler Kemp, and along with me, the newly promoted RA. <laughs> Congratulations, sir. Thank you. My name is Enrique, by the way. So, Mr. RA, Enrique, I'm not going to call you that the whole show. It just hasn't sunk in with me yet. Okay, good. But you sent me our notes from uh, some stuff that you've put together. Over the last week to a couple weeks since we've been on break, the computer was down. We've had a lot of stuff going on that just prevented us from not having our show. So we're back better than ever. I don't know about that. We're still dying. Anyway. Uh, Speak for yourself. I'm thriving. All right. Good for you then. Proud of you. But let's start with what we got number one in our notes. You just put surviving or Kelly. Now, Enrique. When I asked you yesterday, did you watch Surviving R. Kelly? You told me I still need to watch it. Now, I'm going to ask you again for the people. Have you watched Surviving R. Kelly? I watched some episodes, yes. Thank I, you. I had RA duties to do, so I couldn't. I understand. I couldn't watch all of them. But How far did you get? Um, I think I watched the first part. So all right. The first two hours. Okay. That's, that's good. That's two out of six hours. What were your initial reactions? Let me ask you first. Um, from what you've seen so far since you haven't seen the whole I thing I wanted to cry like it was just and like I, I I was talking to you about it yesterday for me R. Kelly was never like a big you know like he I, I just I grew up in a household where we didn't listen to that to his music right. really um, but I obviously I was so exposed to it so like just and I know his stature in like the music world I know what he means and like what what contributions he made so seeing someone of that like high you know status being able to get away with such vile things uh, for so many years and like it, it's not new like you we've always heard like little like oh our Kelly's this our Kelly's that and for it to actually be like out in your face um it was definitely it was sickening like it was it was disgusting and and I don't know how like people comfortably get on social media and it's like oh well it's the girl's fault like they shouldn't have gone with him or they shouldn't have they should have asked for help or the parents like should know where your kids are I'm like yeah okay I understand the argument that the parents do have some responsibility and I'll give you that but it's not as if though he wasn't gonna do it anyways like, the parents didn't say, R. Kelly, here, take my daughters and abuse them. That's not, you know? Right. So, it's just, it was it was very sickening. Like, I, I physically was like, I, I feel sick, like, watching it. It was, it was disgusting. I think going off your point of when people were getting on social media, and especially Twitter, because the immediate reaction was Twitter unbelievable. Finger, I swear. The Twitter fingers in <laughs> defend, defending and going against R. Kelly were very alive and well over the last couple of weeks. But let me let me say this about the whole, oh, like, the girls should have just gotten away and told their parents. Like, first of all, one thing that I really liked that the documentary did is that they brought in psychologists to give you the mental, uh, sociological, and psych- psychological aspect of what these young women were thinking in pretty much a time of crisis. It's not just as hard as, oh, just walk away from an abuser. They give the in-depth analysis mentally of what is going through these women's minds. Girls. They were little and girls. young girls as well. 
not just women because he did have some older fans but it really started with high school age girls when r kelly was pretty much Wasn't starting out 14? when he was 30 Aaliyah was, Aaliyah was 14. about 14 or 15 and right also to that point of uh, my younger self had heard bits and pieces of r kelly scandals like i knew about the Aaliyah situation um the boondocks released an episode called the trial of r kelly and it was kind of a satirical commentary based off of the whole r kelly scandal but i didn't necessarily put it all together my younger self um especially when i started watching the boondocks and started understanding more of their content but now that this has come out it's pieced everything together and it mentioned all the stuff that i knew about it mentioned how he was playing ball at michael jordan's house in chicago when he was thinking of i believe i can fly for space jam it mentioned how he was one of the biggest icons working with some of the bigger icons in music history he worked with michael jackson he worked with his sister janet he worked with jay-z chance the rapper he's worked with all these people past present and technically i would also say future of the music industry especially in r&b and hip-hop and now it's come back to bite him and it just hurt it was amazing to me how many people came forward because it that takes a lot of courage altogether to be put in front of a camera and tell your story about the abuse that you had gone through from one of the biggest stars we've ever seen in our lifetime and this man honestly you know what's sad is that he's still doing it as one of the biggest stars he's still out here touring as many shows that he can do i mean look at the other day he did what the club hosting and there were like women who went to the show and were like no take me next like like i it's not a joke like this kind of stuff isn't funny like this isn't this is a real life thing you know like it's just i find it sad how like we are so quick to invalidate other people's experiences and their feelings like these women were literally abused the women and children were abused like there's no beating around the bush like that's just what it was and the fact that there's people who can still defend, oh, well, we don't know the whole facts. Oh, well, we can separate the artists from their music. And we can... No, you can't. Like, you can't. You're putting money in his pocket at the end of the day. And, like, it's it's upsetting to me to see so many, like, female artists, old like, older female artists are coming out to support, like, coming out, like, Erica Badu was supporting I saw him, that, yes. When I was doing some research. Like, and I was like... You know, like, you would think that if this is coming out, like, you would at least show some, some support and not be, like, all up, you know? Right, you don't have to be like, be R. Kelly, but you could be like, I understand, like, where these women are coming from. Thank you for being so powerful. Just something quick and easy like that. You don't have to be extreme on either end of the spectrum. You just got to like, acknowledge that people are here. And, and and for like a lot of people allegedly a lot of people were offered to speak in the documentary and mm-hmm. did it um Jay-Z being one of them and obviously you know they're notorious for minding their business Jay-Z and Beyonce yep. but I think this is really a moment where I would have liked him to actually step up and have said something like John Legend was a good example like he went on on Twitter I think it was cause that's that's how we get words out mm-hmm. and was basically like fr kelly like point blank period like there's nothing to talk about and obviously you don't have to have that mentality i personally do but 
having like a, a a well-known artist like globally come out and like a male especially a black male artist doing that to me that was if it, it felt good because you don't really see that you know like and you you haven't really seen that not a lot of people have done that um and, and yeah i wish that jay-z would have used his voice in this moment like he has two young daughters especially like this is this would have been one of those moments where Okay, I understand you did an album with him, and I understand you guys have worked together, but that doesn't, like, apples don't have to do with oranges. Like, you should have said something, I feel like, at least. Right, but also to that point of people speaking up, something I learned in my public speaking class is that you have to have credibility with what you're doing. And this documentary had credibility from all facets and all perspectives. They had women who were victims, girls who were victims, um, they have families of the women and girls who were able to explain as much as possible. They had, like, the psychologist I was just telling you about. They had John Legend, who, as you said, and I agree, is one of the biggest musical artists in the world right now. And he was a critical part of my life growing up, listening to his music. So being able to hear from a famous figurehead within the music industry was powerful in itself. We heard from people that did interviews with R. Kelly, such as Torre, who had one of the most infamous interviews of all time. And that's shown time and again in the documentary. So I just like how the producers and director and literally everyone involved was able to make sure that they touched base with everything that they had to do in order to make this work. Yeah, I, I didn't like that they were giving a time flag. Like, let Lifetime live. They did what they had to do. <laughs> Lifetime. Lifetime. They tried. I brought, they they tried and they succeeded. They did well. They did, this is the best thing Lifetime succeeded. has ever put out. Period. Lifetime definitely did their job. At the end of the day, I'm sure no other network would have done that. Because nobody, no right, BET B- B- e- wasn't going to do that. No other network did, I'm assuming, because I'm sure Lifetime was not their first choice. I know for a fact that it was not. Lifetime. Lifetime. It was not the first choice, but onwards. Let's see what's next. That's okay. But keep watching. I'm mean, yeah, I'll, I'll I'll let you know when I finish watching. Appreciate it. Um, Soldier Boy's comeback, or well, I guess you can call it a comeback. Um, so if you don't know, if you live under a rock, Soldier Boy, the man who did a couple of good songs back in the day, mm-hmm. um, he's back. Doing what? I don't know. Um, he has a video game console, which to me looks just like a PSP. Um, and if you don't know what a PSP is, it's like a little portable PlayStation thing. It was definitely before its time. Like, PlayStation was doing too, doing too much too early. People weren't ready for that. But, um, no, they weren't. Because, like, look at how fast it went out of business. Like, they weren't ready for that. But now, like, the Switch is back. Right, the Switch is out, and that's The portable. Switch is a PlayStation. It's a, it's a PSP. Just it's, like Nintendo. It, right, it's just, it's just an upgraded DS. That that was like the a PSP, PSP. The PSP was ahead of its time. That's been the evolution of the portable game back. system. We need to bring it back. Anyways, um, so he has like a similar gaming system, and like, so he swears that he is like doing it, and that he has had the biggest comeback of 2018. When really, I didn't hear about him all of 2018 up until either. 2019, when he alleged is is saying that he had the biggest comeback of 2018. Listen. Good for him. Um, I knew that something was fishy when he started acting up. His album was coming out soon, so this all makes sense now. 
he's trying to get that extra push for the album. I think if he had just dropped an album prior to this nonsense, it wouldn't have gotten much play. Um, now that he has put himself into... Now that he's made himself a meme, um, since that seems to be the route at which... The route that rappers are taking nowadays. Um, no names to be mentioned. I could mention names. I, oh, my God. I'm not, I, I could. I'm not going to. Thank but, you. um... He made himself a meme with the Drake and the Tyga and the um, and so now his album is dropping, and I hope there's at least one good song, cause if not, uh, this would have been all for nothing. This man, I I saw somebody post on either Twitter, either on Twitter or Facebook. Somebody said, "Soldier Boy is the first rapper to ever blow up twice," and I said, "Eh." That's, what do you mean? Oh, in what? In no, what? no, no. I'm not saying I agree with no, that. No, no, no. Um, I don't mean. I'm not addressing you. If I could address the person who wrote that, I would ask them, "What do you mean? And what, like, what context blew up twice? Because Lil Wayne blew up more than twice." Yeah. No, I wouldn't say blew. Up. I would say he came back from the dead, literally, as many times as possible. But not. I don't hit. think he came back from the dead, though. I don't think. Are he you serious? Been... Wasn't he in a coma from drinking lean? Soldier boy. Oh, you mean literally came back from the dead? Yes, I'm talking about oh, Wayne. Okay. Oh, little wait. No, no, no. That's not okay. Okay, I'm confused. Hold on, I'm overwhelmed. I meant like musically. I feel like Soldier Boy never died to begin with to have come back. You know. That's the main thing that I was iffy about. Is like, how can you? Like, now, if you would have said personality, and and um, crank that Soldier Boy. That was it. Wasn't that far apart? Like it was kind of far apart, but like not enough. Like. The the wave of crank that soldier boy wasn't dead yet. By the time kiss me through the phone, I came think out, what he was trying to say is it's that still really not dead. In between that time of crank that and kiss me through the phone was his peak pretty much, and then he dropped some mixtapes in between those two, and now he was he was nowhere to be found from when did he was on Love and Hip Hop, Hollywood season one, and now he's on Marriage Bootcamp. Ugh. but now that this girl. man he's. <laughs> He's come back, and he did the Breakfast Club interview that pretty much blew him up, put him right back on the map, and Drake. Drake, that is the one word Tiger. that will that Drake line <laughs> will carry us through the year twenty nineteen. I wouldn't be surprised at all, and like you said, he's probably gonna ride this wave for as long as possible. Drop an album, get some decent features. I would say, hopefully, Nicki Minaj is featured on it. No, no. Oh, he's going on tour with her. Important you did tell me that yesterday. That's interesting. <laughs> but no, that, they'll, they'll definitely sell, whether we like it or not. But um, no, I mean, good for Soldier, I guess. Get him back on. And if this is what he got to do to chase a bag, go chase it then. Just take off that Gucci headband every once in a while. He got new ones. He has multiple. Oh. He got new ones now. Oh, then he's chilling there. He posted it on Instagram. He got new ones. Oh, I was scared that he wasn't. Cycle. I was scared that he wasn't washing his forehead. I was scared he wasn't making enough money to buy more. But, you know. Yeah. No, nah, he's good. He's chilling. Go ahead. All right, soldier, keep keep doing your thing. We'll we'll stay updated on your situation. And when whenever that album drops, that untitled Soldier Boy project, <laughs> if it drops, if and when, if and when, we'll see, and we'll be on it. Now, next, speaking of Soldier Boy, and oh. <laughs> speaking of Soldier, <laughs> and him putting out allegations that people have been jocking his style since Ariana. 2010. We move on from Drake to Ariana. Grande. 
So recently, what was this? Last week to two weeks ago, when she this song dropped. Last Friday. Last Friday was when Ariana Grande dropped a new song called Seven Rings. It was a bob. I'm not gonna lie. It was a bob. It took me a couple times to listen to it. Nah, it was a bob. I saw the video. It's, I was like, it's solid, mm. but. But there, there, there's some questions about Seven Rings. You listen oh, to sure it. I sure have questions. I sure have lots of questions. Now, when I listen to it, my first question is, is this pretty boy swag sped up and more modernized? That, that's my hear first. I it the first time. It took, it took me hearing them together to, like, consider that there was a resemblance. I didn't. I didn't hear it the first time. And I also, the princess, what's her name? Nokia? Mm-hmm. That that's the phone, right? Yeah, Nokia. Okay, Princess Nokia. I personally, I didn't really think that the resemblance between the two songs was strong enough for her to say that it was a theft. But I will respect and acknowledge her claims, and I hope that if she does pursue any legal action, that she gets what she wants out of it. Because obviously, it it would suck for an artist to feel like. That because they're not as discovered, that other artists can steal their songs. But before we get into that, she has stolen other people's music too. So that's kind of like the pot calling the kettle black. But we don't have to get into that. Um, I personally, I like the song. The video was a little interesting. Um, I understood a lot of the references. I don't think that people did. Um, like the the trap house meant. The Trap House reference, the, that was, I saw it as a reference to Gucci Mane, right? Or 2 Chainz? I think, I'm a, I'm a, it's 2 Chainz. Yeah. 2 Chainz, I don't know why you're confused. 2 Chainz and his Trap House imagery, because the flow in the song, I think, I think it's either when she's rapping or like just in general, is the flow in one of his songs from that album. So to me, that made sense. Mm-hmm. But it was very like obscure and ambiguous, and I feel like there could have been a little. It could have been a little bit made. It could have been made a little bit more obvious that that's what she was trying to get at. Um, also, the Japanese stuff is something that she's been doing a lot. So I had to re- I had to research, not research, but I had to look into that because again, we're not doing cultural appropriation in this household. But she knows Japanese fluently, like she speaks Japanese. Then that I don't see any problem with that, honestly. So like that, if she speaks that Japanese, changes it because I feel like because she used to give interviews like saying that she's always been fascinated by Japanese culture. Sis went and learned Japanese. I went to Japan and did interviews in Japanese. So like, more power to her. Then. I feel like it is a little again iffy because not everybody knows that, but I don't really see. I don't, I don't really think that she's trying to make money off Japanese culture. I think that she genuinely... It's a part of her life at this point. Like, she speaks Japanese. As a part... Like, she does that. That's like if I did music and I, like, I had spent, like, French words in my music. Like, I speak French. Then that, that's fine. I think that's fine. And I think what the problem with that is... People not doing what you just said you did. Research. <laughs> if people would have figured out or maybe just took a quick search... And literally look up Ariana Grande, Japanese. You, one of the first couple results will probably be that she's fluent in Japanese. And that would just help ease a lot of the tension altogether in the first place. I don't, I don't know. I just think that the, 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 the line between cultural appropriation and appreciation has always been very blurry. 
So I think that before we holler appropriation, it, it deserves to be looked into because, again, the line is very blurred. So, like, I, I, I personally feel like someone going to, like, let's say, like, a Middle Eastern country and going into, like, a, mo- a, a mosque and wearing, like, a headscarf or just anything that covers their head, I don't see that as, appro- as appropriation because you're going to, you know... Their place of worship and right now if you just that's walk what you around, need to do if you just walk it's around wearing you it brought that home and you're like you're using that in your music videos and you're like you're going to interviews and that's not your culture okay yeah but you know like the line between appropriation and appreciation is very it's not a like this is appropriation this is appropriation appreciation so i think people are just so quick to claim appropriation anytime they don't like something that someone else is doing that's not one of their people they get so up in arms that, oh, this isn't one of our own doing this. Like, who is this person? Like, just take a breath, take a step back, and do some I mean, research. I, um, right? I, like, I, I acknowledge and I, I, I accept the like, initial, like, who are you reaction because, like, honestly, I would have it too. But I don't think that it should stop there. I don't think it should stop at who are you because I had that who are you reaction when I saw all this all these Japanese characters. I was like, what is this? Like, are you Jed? Did I forget? Did I not? Did I miss something? <laughs> so I just, I just, you know, I did it for me because I felt like I don't, not, you know, like I just felt like it just, it just, it, it is deserved that, you know, you look into it because it's just, you just, you just do it. Like, it's not that hard. Like, it didn't hurt me to say, to Google Ariana Japanese. Why does she use so much Japanese imagery? There must be a reason. Like, and especially in a world where, like, cultural appropriation is at the forefront and, like, everyone knows what it is, I don't see why someone who, like, has been pretty, like... I don't want to say she's, like, a political, like, warrior. But, you know, she's she hasn't been, like, unconscious. Like, she's been... She's done some things. Some low-key things. Um, I don't see... I, I didn't see why she would be doing that so blatantly and so obviously. So it makes a little bit more sense now. She speaks Japanese. And, and yeah, it does come across a little weird and a little iffy. But at the end of the day, I don't think she's putting that in her videos to make more money. I don't see, you know? Right. She's using something like, that she I, actually like she's knows not, how like, to do. She's not selling it. clothes that, like, that. you see, that I would, I, would, I would be iffy about that. She's not, like, selling clothes with Japanese characters on it. She's not, like, like, you, like wearing Japanese traditional clothing or any of that. Like, she just... I think she just, literally just had seven rings in Japanese, I'm pretty sure. It's like, you know, I think she, that's just utilizing a skill that she has. But, to each their own, again. All the time, forever and always. Next. Um, Your girl. <laughs> back in the news again. <laughs> on the political end. Ow. Enrique, um, what's going on with Cardi B? Cardi B has been at it with these, these political commentators. Um... She recently told Tommy Lauren, 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 Lauren I, I don't know. I don't really care that she was gonna dog walk her, and which I support because I think she needs a dog walking. She's very. I don't know how you trash. dog walk a person. Oh, like you could dog walk a person. Oh, but um, I'm, I'm gonna leave that to yourself. You you could do. That. <laughs> I mean, I'm not saying I'm going to, but it's possible. Oh, oh um, Jesus! But like. And this is another example of, like, people underestimating the fact that she's actually, like, not a, a dumbass. Ooh, not a, um... A dummy. 
a dummy. <laughs> I'm glad. I'm so glad you caught yourself. That she's not like she's an intellectual. Like she she was an AP history. She wanted to be a history teacher. That was what she wanted to do before she started stripping and like before she had to drop out of college, basically. Mm-hmm. And so like she knows some stuff. Like she, when she responded to the second time she responded, she responded. I can read the response. It was not profane. There was no profanity. I can read it. I just got. I'd live for it. But it's 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 and then there was another woman, also a politician, who was criticizing her for the twerk video with Young Money, Young Miami. Um basically saying that what she said. Oh, she Stephanie Hamill? Yeah, she yeah, said yeah, yeah, yeah. the white girls. And like this is another like I just feel like they could just can't be happy. Like, can we just succeed? Like in beast? Like can we just have our music videos? Where we dance and act wild and and act a fool and uh, in our own like little space like what you know no because everyone everyone's so fragile I'll, I'll read you the exchange between Stephanie and um Cardi Stephanie said she posted the video and she said in the era of hashtag Me Too how exactly does this empower women leftists at Cardi B feel free to chime in thanks Cardi says it says to women that I can wear and not wear whatever I want do do whatever I want. And that no still means no. So Stephanie, chime in. If I twerk and be half naked, does that mean I deserve to get raped and molested? I want to know what a conservative woman like you thinks. Period. That that's good right there. Now when you look at that, now when you look at that, what we learn? What we learn? Some people, some people, you gotta stop taking for face value, and you gotta realize that sometimes there is a, a method behind the madness and. Cardi B realizes that as a female rapper, she could be as sexually liberated as she wants to be, and, and she's always been. And, and right, part, she's been like that. Part of that is that, like, part of that is that she was a stripper before, so like that. that That's where she's come from. And like it or good not, for her. shoot. Like it or not, so yeah, Stephanie, she could sit down, and Tommy don't get dog walked. So let me let me read you their exchange. Um. So, for those who don't know, Cardi B put up a video the other day um, just of her speaking on the government shutdown and just like talking about it um, that I can't I can't say anything about because that does have a lot of curses um, and so Tommy Loren took to Twitter as she said so she doesn't have a job um, and said looks like at Cardi B is the latest genius political mind to endorse the, the Democrats ha keep it up guys Make America Great Again 2020. Cardi B says, leave me alone. I will dog walk you. Tommy responds, I'm sure you would. Still doesn't make your political rambling any less moronic. Build that wall. To which Cardi B says, you're so blinded with racism that you don't even realize the decisions. The president you root for is destroying the country you claim to love so much. You are a perfect example on no matter how educated or smart you think you are, you still a sheep. A sheep? Hmm. Period. What I don't understand about Tommy's tweets that you just read right there, because I saw the original one that made Cardi reply, I would dog walk you. Why are we throwing out subliminal messages about what the right wants to do? Like hashtag MAGA 2020, hashtag build that wall. What does that have to do with anything in this argument you are if you want to argue with cardi b argue with cardi b with what you feel a way about don't 
try to impose other things such as MAGA and build the wall. Like, what are we doing here? You know what wall I want to build? I want to get all those crazy conservatives and build a wall around them and just not let them out. Just put them in. A, just put them. Put them. In, put them in a cage that they're keeping all the immigrants in. Put them in there and just not let not let them out. Throw the key. I'm tired. They're so annoying. Somebody might get dog walked in there. I'm, I will support it. I will be the dog walker, the walker of dogs. I don't even. I don't even pay me. I'll do it for free. Like it's just like so. Like how and. If, this offends you then oh well but how like dumb could you be like how could you be so blinded like there's pol- there's l- right wing politicians that are are really saying that they feel like why do they need to be food drives the government workers should be able to support their families with what paycheck how with what money according to them they, they don't make money in the first place they don't make good money and now they with. now they can't make now money. they don't make they money, literally period. can't so I don't understand why it's such so like oh my god such a surprise that all these people are literally suffering because they don't have money to feed their kids or their families like what are you surprised about like stop this dumb shutdown and pay the workers because when America burns and just disappears because we have no one to work at airports and no one to work at places that are important, what are you going to do? Because if I were a TSA worker, I would be sitting there on my behind with a fan and some Netflix from 9 to 5. Because if you're not paying me to work, I'm not working. You'd be surprised if I sh- showed up. You crazy? Like, I don't understand. what What's the justification? Like, genuinely, how do you justify that? Th- there's no justification. And also because... Somebody's feelings got hurt. Now everyone's work has to shut down. Now we all look crazy. Oh, they didn't give me money for my wall, so I had to shut down the government. What do you? You have a million dollars on GoFundMe. Well, they had to give it back. <laughs> well, he has X amount of dollars. Well, he might not. And he's so rich, right? He's so rich and such a great businessman. Why doesn't he do pay something for the wall himself? He I mean, has enough money. I mean, maybe he maybe he can't because he's president. But no, you got investors. You got people. He, he's definitely got. BS. He's got people he in high places. He had a Republican Congress, House and Senate, the first two years of his presidency. Then the midterm flipped that. And he did not pursue building any wall in those first two years. So he played How himself. How is it that now you want to wait until you no longer have one of the houses of Congress to now push for this wall? That no one wants to push for. That nobody wants. It does. It don't make sense. It doesn't add up. Make it make sense. Please. I can't. And he said he's gonna shut. It, and they're, he's they're gonna reverse. It for three weeks. He's gonna reverse the shutdown, and then it's gonna be back shut down February fifteenth. Yeah, it's for three weeks. They're opening it for three weeks. So people are gonna get paid for three weeks, and then we're back to what we've been at. If they even get paid for that, oh my god. And then we're back to what we've been at. Okay, nice. I'm sorry. One step forward, ten steps 15 back. Fifteen steps back. For what? Now. My head hurts. What's next? Your friend, Tory Lanez. My friend. You can talk about him. <sighs> well, as y'all know, for those who have listened, for those that have just talked to me in general, for those that have seen my playlist that I've put together, Tory Lanez is one of my favorite artists right now, currently, from the city of Toronto. Uh, Enrique, why you look at me like that? I, this is just my face. This is genuinely, honestly, just my face. I thought you'd give me a glare, but okay. Now, oh, no, no. Tory has been in a, more than a couple 
of beeves beef beeves what's a beef i don't i don't know is <laughs> he's been in more than he's been in a rap beef or two or three he's a singer <laughs> he's had a battle with jordan lucas which we have discussed he's had not a battle it really wasn't a battle an exchange he had an exchange he's had this long-standing thing with who i would say is pretty much his idol drake but they're good now but they're all cool now he just i don't know what's going on with this man really that's putting out tweets saying that he's the best rapper alive and everybody's rapper? Too, and everybody's too scared to battle <laughs> and when he gave people the opportunity i think he mentioned jake hole and someone else Tory he gave people the opportunity and no one wanted to step up because people because were soft i'm just paraphrasing right you here you want to know why why because J. Cole getting a DM from Tory Lanez. Not even a DM, a mention. It's like me getting a DM from a five-year-old. I'm not going to pay attention. I'm going to keep it pushing. Why would I You got a mention. J. Cole is as popping as he's ever been why right now with Middle Child. Why would I do that? J. Cole is a stellar rapper. At that, even if you if you don't like his music, like I, don't, I don't listen to his music like that. But I acknowledge the fact that he's a phenomenal rapper. And that's just, what, that's just a fact. So... How are you going to compare yourself to someone who has accolades and who's actually good at what they do to you, who you, you sing? Stinks to singing. You were real good at that. Yeah, even got nominated for a Grammy for that one time. But I don't know what's going on, man. Like, this is my guy. You know that. Which is why I let you talk about him because I would have been a lot meaner. I, I know you would have been meaner. But Tory, man, <laughs> he just has to get back to what he's doing. First of all, he had two mixtapes he was dropping on Christmas and New Year's Day. We're a month past that, and they're just nowhere to be found now. Talking about Chicks Tape 5 and New Toronto 3, these are the mixtapes he drops every Christmas and New Year's. And they're just MIA as of right now. He said they're pretty much on the way, and they're oh, almost well, done. The best rapper alive would be punctual with his mixtapes, don't you think? Cause I would think he would be. I hope so. Yeah, I <laughs> Alright, now You put this on Sea Breezy is in some trouble uh, So you want to give some context to what's going on with Okay, so Chris Brown, Chris Brown And his alleged girlfriend Were in Paris mm-hmm. Having a good old time You know, Paris Fashion Week is happening right now So I wouldn't be surprised If they caught a couple of runway shows And he was Arrested for allegedly raping a young woman or from being one of the people who raped a young woman she was she claimed that he went to her room that she went to his room and you know whatever whatever stuff happened they arrested him she came out saying that she that she it wasn't him that it wasn't like just basically that it wasn't him um that he wasn't the one who did it and so he was released free of all charges and is now suing her for defamation, for defamation of character. Uh, I always, I'm always really shaky with Chris Brown because like, you know. I got his resume up right here. Arrested in 2016 for assault with a deadly weapon. <laughs> 2013 misdemeanor assault while he was in D.C. And then 2009... Rihanna. So you're a cop now? What? Me? Yeah, you. No, I just looked up Chris Brown Paris, and it's the first thing that came up, is that he's got a resume, and he's got a criminal record. Yeah, that is true. 
Okay, so... Why do I have to be a cop to know that? Okay, okay. Don't make me turn off your mic. Um, so I felt, like, really weird about it because obviously, like, we know that a lot of the times when women go back on their word when it comes to, like, rape allegations, they were not lying. They just don't want to face scrutiny from the public. And she was facing a lot of scrutiny from the public. Um, and so, obviously, people have different theories. People are saying that it's for clout. People are saying that, you know, he's, like, in the highest stage of his career right now because he owns his masters. And for those who don't know what that means, when an artist owns their masters, they have full creative, like, the full creative vision for what they what they want to do. They can do whatever they want with their music. They can broadcast it wherever they want, whatever platform. Um, and so, they're basically, they're independent they can do whatever they want with their with their sound. Right. And people are saying that like, you know, like this this someone who's considered the king of R and B of this generation. Generation. Now that he has his masters, all these allegations are coming up, but he also has a past. So like I wouldn't say that like if it were true, I wouldn't put it past him. I wouldn't be surprised. I hope that it's not true. For I do sake, hope that it's yeah. not true. Not even for just for his sake but for her sake as well because rape is not a, obviously not a pleasant thing um and I hope that it gets sorted out and the people who did rape her get ju- she gets justice for what happened because she was raped just not alleged right. not by him um if I understand the situation correctly it's just it's frustrating because we will never really know it's just one of those things where you'll never really know what happened um Again, the defamation of character lawsuit and leads me to believe that he actually didn't do it because I feel like if he did do it, why, you know, like, why would he have done it and then also be suing, you know? Right. Leads me to believe that he didn't do it, but that doesn't mean he's off the hook. Like, he's still, he's still a, a case. I think with this situation altogether, first of all, with the Paris thing, it's hard to decipher what exactly happened in terms of whether or not Chris Brown was involved. There's not a lot of details in terms of what exactly went down. So I think they said that the investigation is ongoing, even though Chris got released um, free of any charges as of right now. So as, as soon as they start gathering as much information as possible, then hopefully we'll come to a proper solution whether or not that involves chris brown we'll see and we don't know i hope he gets caught right and if he didn't then i hope that it goes the other way and they find the people that did attack this woman that um is accusing chris right now but i mean like you said this man has a past i just put it out there he's been arrested multiple times most recently three years ago and he's had obviously the rihanna situation was one of the biggest thing ever biggest things ever because they were, they were the power couple, and they were young and in love, and then it all fell apart. So I wouldn't be surprised, based on his history, if this were true. But for his sake and for her sake of being able to find the people that actually did it, I hope it's not. A moment. Yeah, I did have a moment. Because before, I remember, I'm sorry, I'm going to backtrack. Before earlier, if you're just tuning in, we were talking about R. Kelly and how I was expressing my discontent with Jay-Z. I just thought about how verbal 
and like active he was when Chris Brown beat Rihanna. Like he was, he wanted Rihanna was one of his own. She he she was with Rockefeller. Brown's head on the platter. So I know he hasn't in him to have that energy. I need him to keep that same energy. At the end of the day. Especially now, because everything. R. Kelly has been doing this for years. Everything's under a magnifying not, glass now. This is not to excuse or to validate or to say that what Chris Brown did wasn't a big deal, but that was an isolated incident, and this is an ongoing Continuous. crisis for now to over this day. Dec- a decade. A decade more, more. T- like, like twenty something years. Twenty plus years decades. that this is going on. To this so, day, I, you know, I just need people to keep this energy. I just need, like, I need, I, we're gonna have to d- evenly distribute this energy for everybody who's been acting a fool because we can't pick and choose who we want to support, who we want to defend, who we want to say, like, no, they didn't do it. You know, we're not doing that. All right. So when we come back, hot takes. We we're got some get questions. Into some things. We got some questions that surround ourselves and surround the Villanova community. So stay tuned. We're back with Lavados and Grits with Tyler and Enrique. Mm-hmm. Hello. Did you miss us? I missed me. You were right here the whole time. <laughs> what? It was a joke. <laughs> oh, my God. I can't be hostile on the radio, Tyler. We've talked about this. Oh, my God. You can if you want. I can't. Yes, you can. You just can't slander people. Hostile equals cursing. I can't, I can't. You can't control your hostility and still be hostile at the same time? No. All right. I'm 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 just asking, like, all right. I mean, if I try hard enough, but it's too early for that. It's too early. It's the afternoon. Nah, it's early. You're right. <sighs> I did not get much sleep last night. I'm not here for your games. Oh. Tyler. I understand you're an RA now. You're cool. You got stuff you got to do. You take care of business. <laughs> you know what? Whatever. Let's keep it pushing. Yeah, keep it pushing. So, we got I a couple... dog walk you. I really don't want to envision what <laughs> dog walking actually is. For a human to dog walk another human, I, I don't want to envision that. I'm not even going to get into it. But, you so... Hot Takes is a segment that we've put together where we ask some questions and we put together some debate topics and we can either take one side or the other or... There's always not necessarily two sides to everything. So, our first question is, should D9 slash multicultural Greek organizations allow white people to join? Enrique, I go to you first. How you go first? Oh, well, you asked me this question when I was at work yesterday. And it was in preparation. I wanted you to get, I wanted to get your brain flowing. My brain has been flowing, trust me. Well, look at that. Over the last, what? Not even 20, close to 24 hours. I'm a genius. You're good. I'll give you that. <laughs> I'll give you some credit. But no, I've been thinking about this question. I've kind of been back and forth. I'm just like, should they allow? I mean, based on rules, you're pretty much allowed to do whatever you want since you're in college. But <coughs> let me say this. I just throw something in. The point of multicultural Greek organizations, this is the thing that made me realize Maybe I should examine what exactly I'm thinking in my thought process. Multicultural Greek organizations were put into place for students of color in college 
that were not able to join the Panhellenic um, Greek organizations. And I don't... Panhellenic, I think, is the girls, and then the guys are something else. Really? Yeah, they're not the same. I really thought they were the same. I'm blanking out. That shows how much I know. But the point is, is that these multicultural organizations were put in place because the white organizations would not allow students of color to join. So what did they do? They decided to put together something that has been a hundred plus years in the making with multicultural organizations and it has worked very well as a place where people could come together under one bond, under one brotherhood or sisterhood as well and just be one as a unit, whether that's on their campus at their chapter or chapters all across the country. Those letters just mean something different to those people. And it's a way to unite those that wouldn't have been united otherwise. So I think that if it came down to it, no, I don't think that white people should be allowed. But then at the same time, there's always two sides to every coin. That raises the question, should people of color be allowed to join white fraternities? I'm, I'm, not, going, I'm not saying you have to answer that right now, but that's a question you also have Hello. to consider. Oh, <clears throat> we'll wrap it up then. Uh, and, like, that, that was... Because, like, to, to, to ask one question, you have to ask the other. Right. Um, you can't really just leave the questions out there. They're not exclusive of each other, you know? Like, they have to... I feel like they go together. And... I don't think that's a valid question because from the beginning they were not allowed to join. But now they are. Or they they have been able to. The white organizations. Now they're able to. Which is why I think that Divine Nine and other multicultural frats and sororities do allow. First of all, I, I think it's just a case of being the bigger person. Like they're doing that out of ignorance and out of hate when they originally made the fraternities the white organizations and didn't allow people of color to join they were doing that out of ignorance and hate and spite i don't think that the purpose i don't think that multicultural greek organizations were made out of spite no not at all therefore i i I would I, i understand why white people are allowed to join First of all, they don't really join that much anyways. It was just a top... There there have been cases. There was a, a, a Kappa here mm-hmm. who was white. And... Which is what that... He sparked my... um yeah. My thought process. Because, right. like... At the end of the day, obviously, you can't paint everyone with a single paintbrush. Like, not every person is the same. So... You know? But I do think that if... If white organizations still today didn't allow people of color in it, then yeah. I think that D9 and multicultural organizations also should stay just with people of color, but I also that's like low-key segregation. Yeah, that's... Mm-hmm. Um, that just goes against everything we've fought for in this country for so, close to 50-some-odd yes, years. Yes, like people of color are allowed in white frats and sororities. I personally would never join one because I don't feel like I'd be comfortable in that environment yeah it makes two of us um but you know it's each their own i know people of color that are in white frats and mm-hmm. they love it 
I know people who did it and they hated it and they regretted it. So again, to each their own. Um, whatever you want to do, do it. Just I guess like be intentional, be mindful of what you're doing. Like, don't join a white frat and then be a black person and let them run around saying the n word. Um, right, because where, where, where's your where's your dignity? And on videos at the end of the day, just because you're in their fraternity doesn't mean that you have to subscribe to their nonsense. Like it's actually I feel like. You signed off for that, so now you have to deal with that when that occurs. You got to deal with the consequences. Like, you you got, know that. You got to take the good with the bad, always. Exactly. So, I feel like I, I'm here for moving to a place where, like, people can join whatever organization they feel best and most comfortable at. I don't see... Well, that's not true. Um, I, I just, I think that it's just, it's tough First of all, because first of all, neither of us are in organizations, so that's the first. Right. Um, I'm just going off based off the perspective that I know from the friends and family that yeah, I know I'm on both off, sides of yeah, the spectrum. Yeah, I'm going off of like my and what they told me as like a friend of. <laughs> I feel like a friend of the housewife. Um, a friend <laughs> of the organizations on some orga- some of the orgs on campus. I feel like yeah, you know. If you're white and you want to join a multicultural organization, I hope you're built for it. That's it. At the end of the day, I just hope. And at the at the same on the same token, if you're a person of color and you want to join a white organization, I hope you you have you, the thick you, enough you, skin to do it because right. I personally don't. My 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 fuse is incredibly short, and I don't have time for that. I'll get mad real quick. I <laughs> so verdict. I don't think there really is one. Um... I think that, again, historically, the the in when the white organizations were created, they were created. Obviously, I don't think with the intentions of excluding people of color, but they excluded people of color in practice. Um, and so, if there were multicultural and like, it's not that they have that reputation because like white people have joined. The like multicultural organizations in the past, and they will continue to join it. Here, I don't see it happening. At least not with the D nine orgs that we have on campus. Right, based on people that I know. Right, based on like the, just the the climate that we're at right now, I don't see it happening anytime soon. Um, but yeah, I just think that as long obviously like it's it's a matter of the organization and whether or not they want you there. Cause that that's what it really comes down to in the first place. You could try. With all, oh, absolutely. You we can, can try I, with all your might, and next thing you know, organization like you does not. You can try, and you want, might not get it. Like it's not. If that's what it is, then that's what it's got to be. It's not like you can just sign up and because we're of color that we'll automatically we're gonna we're gonna do it. No, no, that's not how it works. That's so. been proven. That's been dispelled <laughs> as recently as whenever you can. You could go back to as recently as this year, where that has been dispelled pretty much all over. Just because you say that you want to commit to something or someone's organization doesn't mean on either side of the spectrum multicultural or white fraternities and sororities that doesn't mean you're gonna get it that's the whole point of the process is to figure out if, any, if they if everyone can get it then it everyone would do a, it it wouldn't be a thing right then what's the point is that is that i know it's a select and exclusive thing of course and that's what makes it so pristine in people's heads and i appreciate that i love everything about that but at the same time everyone can't be a part of that select club 
that it is. So it's tough to be able to get it, first of all, be selected, make it through whatever you have to do on either side, and you're in. But I think that, like you said, final verdict is still up in the air. I think it's more about the person than... Right. I don't have anything against it, but personally, I don't think that people... I'm not going to say people should be allowed, but I don't think people should. Like, it shouldn't be something written in stone saying white people aren't allowed to join multiple. Yeah, okay, okay, I, I, I back that. I can back that. Yeah, I'm not saying that that should be, like, in the, in the rule book. fraternity and sorority rule book. Like, you go into the office, and that's, like, a rule. Because then they can rule. say the same thing. Right. The wife, like, the wife is hearing the white stories. Then we got a problem. Then we got lawsuits. Then we got... That's the issue. Yeah. That's where um, the issue lies, and I, yeah, I wouldn't I think say it's that. It's one of those things where it's like you know that that's like one of their only, one of our only spaces. Like, for a lot of people, they they find a lot of comfort in multicultural organizations because it might be the only space where you feel comfortable on campus, and to have that space like not, not invaded because that's a strong word, but just like to join a space when you have ample space already on campus. Like to join to to go out of your way to join uh, an organization that is literally there to support people that don't have that support here and don't have that space here, it's just not right. Like you shouldn't do that because obviously they're there for a reason and it's not for you to join necessarily. It's it's for the people that need that support and they want that support mm-hmm. and want that again that brotherhood or that sisterhood. Um. So yeah, I think that. Should it be illegal? No. No. Should should they like if 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 I were approached by a white person and they asked me should I join should I try to join this multicultural organization I would say no you shouldn't because you have space here like you have you hold space you have to have something you have to have justification for if you want to try I think that would have to be the key for me there has to be what, what, but i don't know what other, right what i don't know what that would be i'm just saying i'm just saying that if that was going to be the case there has to be some sort of well okay so like the only justification maybe justification is i can see is like if they grew up in like let's say like uh like the inner city and like they grew up going to cuz like a lot of organizations have like after school programs yeah and like if you grow up going to like this person's after school program and you grew up wanting to be like that that makes sense to me you were raised by them or if you were a legacy and you know you got people you got ties to a particular organization that's, that's fine that's, that's, that's fine too i think that's but where like, the just, just like that's any, where the justification like, lies any random like joe from long island new york just like you know just doing it just to do it no i'm just going to do it to take up space no that's what that. the disconnect is i don't think that, i can't get behind that I don't think that's right. Okay. That was a good discussion. Very, very, like very nice. Oh. Maybe we should do the last. Maybe we should do number three first. That's fine. Before the second one. That's fine. Yeah, that, that's a little comedic relief anyway before we get into some heat. So. Why do people on this campus not know how to say excuse me? I feel like this This must have been like an example <laughs> that put you. Not, I'm not going to say triggered you, but something that must have happened for you to put this on the schedule for today. You want a story? Story time? Please. Story time. Like, so, not as, like, long, but, like, no, no, no. you know. This is a quick, quick story. Okay. My friend, Kamari, shout out to Kamari. Mm-hmm. Her and I were having a conversation in the staircase by the tunnel. Like, when you're exiting the tunnel. Like, going the to west the west? Tunnel. Okay. Or the, the tunnel. 
Um, her and I were talking, whatever. We were like up against the stairs, and this person, who I don't know, so I couldn't could have said their name if I wanted to, um, just stood there and watched us instead of saying excuse me. So they just stood there and waited for us to move instead of saying excuse me, can I get by? And that bothered me because why wouldn't you just say excuse me? Like, what, what, what's the problem? And then the other day when we had lunch in Cova, remember? Was that that day? Us too? Th- yeah. It might have been a couple of days before that. I went to Cafe Nova and it was packed. And, like, they will squeeze, like, these people will squeeze in through the tightest spaces to not say excuse me. Like, they will, like, like shift their body and move their arms and go slow. Just to, if you t- say excuse me, I'll move back. And you can just walk through. That's what irks me is that there's more than enough space. When You know how Cafe Nova is constructed. You know the lunch rush. When the lunch rush comes, the lunch rush is crazy. We know that. I understand. But, as going, a, you, but you at the same time, say, right, at the same time, there's more than enough space that people will be able to maneuver and move when you say excuse me. That That's a problem in itself that people don't know common man. I'm not even going to say common sense. Same people, some people don't know. Some people weren't raised. Some with, people period. don't have proper manners. That's it. If somebody w- was, and if you don't say excuse me, and I hurt your feelings, and learn how to say excuse me. If somebody was in the way correct. in my house, if somebody was in the way, there is no getting past them. There is no going around an alternate route. You what say gonna, excuse I'm me. Jump, roll over them. You say excuse me. If they say give me a moment, you, you give, give them, them a, moment, a moment, and then they move, and That's then it. you keep it moving after they move. How simple is that? And not only do they not say excuse me, but they also don't listen to excuse me. That's another problem too. I, I've seen so that before. I don't know what what the like. What, what am I supposed to move? Cause I've said excuse me before. I said something. Like, excuse me. Well, I say excuse just, me. I'm sorry. And they're then just, they're just right. standing around, chit chat, and I'm like, excuse me. The I saw something on Twitter. See, it's a problem. And pro- then when I say, okay, I have to move. Can you move? Then I'm wrong. It's things like this why I can't download a Twitter because I get all my Twitter memes through Instagram. Somebody said, do you guys say excuse me, S C U S E, or excuse me? I say, said, excuse me so somebody and somebody replied saying, "I say excuse me for the first time, but after that, if you don't listen, it's ex." Oh, absolutely, I say excuse me. I agree with that. Yeah. Then you don't listen. Excuse me. I did that in COVID yesterday. Yeah. Hello, because these people are just in my way. I was that, like, "That's how." Excuse it, me. That's how it is sometimes. No, you don't want to move. Okay, excuse me. Right. Oh, you still don't want to move. Okay, can you move? Thank you. If people don't want to listen, then people gonna get their feelings hurt, whether they like it or not. Oh my! People God. just got people just gotta know common manners, like. Whatever happened with I that? I want to know who raised y'all. Like, if I ever try to do that to my mother, like, seriously, she'll beat my butt. She'll beat my behind. She'll be like, oh, really? She might excuse me from the house. Right. She'll excuse you, but the door's right there. Go ahead. Excuse Walk. yourself. She'll be like, excuse yourself. Walk out. And I'm changing the keys. I'm changing the locks. Oh, my goodness. Like, come on. It's two words. And responding to excuse me is a movement. You don't even have to say anything. It's Just verbal. move. Some people, man. I love this place. Well, I, I mean, okay, that, that was harsh. Yeah, I was about to say, what? That was harsh. <laughs> anyway, the last question that you said we're going to move for this segment. Why is there so much animosity amongst people of color at Villanova University? At Villanova, and I feel like in general... Like, in general, in terms of, like, in spaces where, you know... Yeah. Like, like in predominantly white spaces. I get that. Okay. It doesn't necessarily have to be, like... Yeah, I just wanted to clarify. Mm-hmm. So, who do who you want to start? You want to start? 
You start. Okay. <laughs> you should have just said that. Um, I put this question because I have a conversation that I had with fellow RA Chi-Chi last night in Stanford. And not a Stanford. She's a Stanford RA. But in the, in the dining hall on South Campus. And we were just talking about, like, I just feel like ever since I got here and um, I was talking to... Dr. Eloise Berry she's actually down the hall in the office of intercultural affairs and it was such a shock like when I got here cause like Fielsen if you remember as dysfunctional as it was <laughs> I felt like at least in our grade the people of color we were pretty like good even if we weren't French right backs. like we weren't all French. just on a pure acquaintance level on a pure like just like I see you level, we were good. Like, I felt like we were good at that. Yeah. I never felt like I was I was competing or like I was going up against the other people of color in our year. I never felt that way. No. I feel like we were all not necessarily a unit, but we all we saw. We were a unit though. We were. Right. And we saw in those just when we had to be a unit, we were we a were unit. Th- okay. We did that very so, well. Right. So when we needed to have each other's backs, I felt like we had each other's backs. Right. Always. Okay. So w- that is not the case here. And I had to learn the hard way because I got here and I'm like, oh, like, all the people call it, like, we're going to be, like, it's going to be lit, like, we're going to be united, like, there's a lot of, there's a, it's predominantly white, because Fieldson is predominantly white, but this is predominantly white. <laughs> and so, it's like, we're like, we got this, we're lit, blah, blah, blah. And it's not that. Yeah, a year and a half later. A year and a half later, a week into my freshman year, I was like, oh... So y'all don't get down like that, do you? Because I'm not used to this. Like, people, like, I felt I felt like it was always us talking about us before anything. And, like, obviously, I'm not going to say that I don't talk about people. Like, I'm not going to lie. I was about to say, hmm. But if you give me things to talk about, I'm going to talk about them. I get that. That's fine. So it's a cycle. Like, if you do things to me, I'm going to talk about them because I have the right to express myself. If we, from the beginning, were a cohesive unit that, not to say, like, this isn't war, so we don't have to all be together against the majority, that's kind of bogus. But at a sp- in a space where, where most of the times you're the only person of color in a class, only person of color on your floor, I'm one of two now in my, in my new residence hall. I'm the RA, I'm one of the people, or not, not one of two, one of, like, three or four. Um... One of two Latinos is what I meant. And, like, that's uncomfortable. That's, it, it is uncomfortable. No matter, like, how much you might say, oh, I don't, that doesn't bother me. No, it does bother you. Like, don't deny. Just it's uncomfortable. Little. It does. And, like, for us, it's a little different because, like, Fielsen was kind of that, was a baby that, but, like, it, it, it was very rare, unless it was a very small class, for me to be the only person of color in the class. Right. Like, I don't even. I don't think I ever encountered me being the only one. Right, Fielson knows what like between fifteen and twenty for most class for like Ours a, a regular a lot for like a regular more. size classroom. I would say. Oh, for no, I'm, I'm not talking about like people of color population, no, no, but for a regular size classroom, fifteen and twenty here, it's like somewhere I would say, let's say on average twenty five to thirty to take into account the hundred plus people classes in the sciences. Mm-hmm. Here, when you have a class of thirty people. And you're the only one of color. That is scary in itself. And as much as and I don't want to what? admit to it, it you know what? E- e- like it's hard. I feel like the community is so like 
divided here that even if there was another person of color, I still wouldn't feel comfortable because I don't feel like we have each other's backs. I don't. I really don't. Right. If, so, if somebody would say something or somebody would put out a microaggression and we sh- have something in common, just being of color, we might make that c- eye contact. But after that, I f- do kind of feel like, all right, now what? Is, is he or she or is they gonna, are they going to say something? Do I have to say something? Are we going to say something combined or yeah. collectively? What exactly is the line of communication here? How are we going to handle this situation? But I don't feel that here. I don't know if I'll be ready for that particular situation. I think that when I have multiple people of color in the classroom, because honestly, in terms of diversity within my classes, this semester has been the best one so far. Like I've got multiple black and brown bodies in my classes and I'm proud of it. It's good to see people in the Africana Studies class that are of color and we're able to comment on our own narratives and comment on joint narratives that we've had together. throughout our lifetime. It might not necessarily be together, but we've had common experiences. Right. And I appreciate that. So I love that class, Race and Ethnic Relations, so far with my guy, Professor Kramer. He's been great so far. <laughs> That's one of my favorite classes so far this semester. Just purely based on the fact that I have people that I know have similar, if not already have experienced the same types of situations as I have. And I feel like it's different, like, with, like, older, like, the older, I, I don't feel like it's an issue between us and older grades. I feel like it's an issue between us and The class of 2021, yep. Like. Because I, I see us with older grades, everybody's cool. Even if I don't know, necessarily know everyone, I still say hi, so I'll say what's up. But I'll like, give somebody a head nod. And like me, even like I'm not gonna act like I haven't engaged in negativity with people in this year. Like I have. Like I'm not gonna lie. I've gotten to my fair share of arguments and disagreements, and it's because of this. Like we do not have. You know, like it's because of that. It's not because of anything else. Do you think? Now let me ask you this. Do you think that we have a mentality of like? Not necessarily have to be the best, but it's like this is a kill or be killed yes. kind of environment, and I have to do whatever it takes to get over you academically, okay. socially, just everything. Ready? I think that the issue is that some people have that, and then some people have like my mentality, which is like we're all here in this space together, and we should support each other. That's what you would think. That's my, that's what I came here thinking. Right, I, I kind of. I think it's 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 where you meet. It's like it's where these people meet. I think that's the conflict. The conflict is you have people that are here that are saying, "Oh, there's two black girls in the class. I have to be the." Better I, I got to be the one. There's 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 two Latinos in my class. I have to be the better one. I have to stand out. And yes, okay, obviously, but why can't you? Why can't we both stand out? Like why why does right it have shine to, light on everyone? Why do we have to fight each there's other? There's not only one. There's only two of us in right, the class. There's not only one A to go around in every class. That would we just be dumb. Get, why don't we help each other get A's? Right. Like, why Why can't everybody eat? Why can't we do that? Why can't everybody eat? Why can't we do that project together? You know? Like, this is this is what I'm talking about. Like, it's uncomfortable for me because this is not where I come from. Like, New York is not like this. And Fusion was not like this. Not at all. And but Everybody this, was helping each other. Like, if, this, you, if you had a class with Dr. Jones, African-American lit in fall, and then I had that same African-American lit class with Dr. Jones in the spring... I was coming to you with any questions that he might have had that would have came together. If we had a discussion board post on Google Classroom, we had an essay we had to write. I'm bouncing ideas off of you, off of what worked and what didn't. 
Like, like we gotta help each other. Work. Like I'm not like to copy it, but like ideas. Like I'm letting you read like my notes. I'm letting you read one of the essays that I wrote. Like I'm help. We're helping each other. You know. Right. I, I don't think that, that doesn't happen here. That's not the same here because we're so people are so focused on tearing each other down and talking about each other that to build yourself up. They. Exactly. To to make yourself feel better. To make yourself feel like, oh, well, you know, if it's between me and so-and-so, I have to be the better one. Because I need to do this, and I need to do that, and Why? I need to do this, and I need to Why? do that. For what? Like For what purpose, really? I, I understand. And again, this is this might come off a little crazy. Can you stop me? I'm, I'm trying to... I understand if you're the only person of color in the class and you want to be better than all the other people because you feel like they're either judging, you know? Right. You know where I'm getting you, at. You, right. You got to work I understand just, that. just as much. I understand that and I, I'm here for that. I support that. Go off. And I was about to curse again. I saw myself. Go mm-hmm. off. Go ahead. Like, get that A and make sure your A is better than every other A in the class. Make sure your essay is better than every other essay in the class. Do what you got to do. However, if there's other people of color in the class, don't make it so that they fail so you can succeed. Because that's that's not nice. That, I mean, that's kind of child. That's not a like. That's just not a a kind thing to do. You shouldn't have to step over people you in order you, for you. It's not to even like you shouldn't have to. You don't have to. You don't. I have seen people succeed together. It is very possible. Mm-hmm. If all of the like the multicultural like like clubs on campus got together and did something together, we would light campus up. Will you ever see that? Well, realistically, will you, will, do you think that you would see that in the next four years, or t- in two the years? next two and a half? Two and no, a half. no. Okay, it's the same thing because people are so stuck over nothing, over nothing. And like at the end of the day, our year is gonna end up is gonna eventually be like the the e board of these clubs and like be the presidents and be this and be that and we're so like stuck on these petty little beefs that really don't mean anything in the long run that once we get to these like positions of power, I'm not gonna we're not gonna want to work together because I don't like you I don't like the president of that club and I don't like the e board of that club because of whatever petty issues we had as freshmen and as sophomores right and that's, that's the problem that a beef from Freshman or sophomore year should not have to carry over to where Lasso and BCS can't do an event together. And that would baffle this me. This is not disclaimer. This is not claiming that Lasso and BCF have B, BCS have beef because they do. Not I'm giving a hypothetical situation. This is hypothetical. I don't this, want everything go, about this is completely I, I hypothetical. I don't want anybody go, going up in arms talking about they were no no. I can attest Lasso and BCS do not have beef. We're actually working on an event together. See that's. That's good. Good for y'all. But at the same time, if there weren't if they weren't able to collaborate like they could because a person on one e-board and the president of the other organization in the topic of discussion couldn't even have an open dialogue and they haven't talked to each other for 3 years because of something that happened years ago, then what are we really doing? Like why why? And I hate when the academic aspect starts to interfere with the social aspect and you and start like, getting frozen out by different people because somebody starts talking bad about you and next thing you know, no one wants to talk to you at all. Just he, because you is, wanted to step he, over someone. Here's my thing. Because again, I'm not going to be a hypocrite. I will call myself out, absolutely. 
I'm the first to hold a grudge. And I'm the first to snap. Maybe not the first. Definitely the second. <laughs> You're up I'm there. the first to, like, to call something off. I don't like it. But that's because I come from a space where you can do that and still be okay. Like, you can call someone out. You can have that confrontation and still work with each other the next day on that project. You can do that. We we've seen we saw it happen for the last six years of high school before before we got here. I had I've, people in check. I've seen that I happen time and throats. again. I was out there next. Okay, I had, I was applying the pressure because I felt like we had to move a certain way, and we were moving that way by the end of high school. Um, and that's good. And I feel like it's the same. the The difference here is that like. You have that moment, and it's like it's the end of the world. Like, oh my god, we can never speak again. Right, like, and you oh, fall like, out oh until. God. And then, like, that's the, and again, another thing. I, I'm not saying that we all have to be kumbaya friends because it's also stupid. That's also dumb. That that's just also humanly impossible. Just um, in itself. However, there's a difference between not liking someone and being cordial, and not liking someone and being hateful, rude. But like, I don't like a lot of people. I'm not gonna lie. I'm not, I'm not going to lie. Honestly, me neither. Again, I'm not going to lie. Why? Because these people, I feel like, are these same people that we're talking about. These people that will put themselves and step over you to get to their goals. I don't like that. I'm not Whatever their goal may be. I don't like Academically like or that, socially. So we're not going to be friends. However, that doesn't mean that if it comes down to it, if they're the leader of a club and I'm the leader of a club, I'm going to work with them still. To advance the cause, absolutely. If we if we got work we got to do, right. That's what I'm, that's what I'm saying. Like, if, if, we're on sin, social le- if we're on a social level... Sin, if we're on a social level, I love how we just both said the same thing three times. Both of us trying well, to talk. Yeah, because you're interrupting me. What? Go ahead. But on a social level, if we're <laughs> not on a place where we're not necessarily on talking terms, but if we got to work together on something academic and it's due in X amount of time, we're going to do academic. it and we're going to get it done. Or not just academic either. Because academic work is a little bit easier to do because that's your grade. Right. You, you won't be I'm here. I'm thinking about like club work because like at Fieldston I founded a club with someone that I ended up falling out with and I didn't like them by the end of it by the end of the year we still ran the club did what you had to do the club still went on and I was in another club with several people that I had fallen out with at that point and I still ran the club and we still met and we still spoke in group chats and we still got what we had to do done why because that was the job it's the same thing here. I'm in Unitas, right? Or I'm not like on the on the culture, but like I have I hold a position for the summer. Mm-hmm. If there's a situation where I have an issue with another like staff member, or like whether it be like an event leader or a group leader, a group leader, or like me, I'm the master event leader. Someone else is the master group leader. Someone on the co-chair board. That's not gonna stop me from getting my job done because I'm not there for me. I'm there for the participants of Unitas. Will I speak to you outside of Unitas? No, I will not. Because if we already were talking, I'm not going to talk to you after that. But I'm not... That weekend is not about you and me. You know? Like, that weekend is about the participants. And that weekend is about making sure they have a good time and making sure that they feel comfortable coming into this university. That's that's why I'm doing it. Because I didn't feel comfortable coming in. So... This is and this is just an example, like across anything, like I'm involved in Lasso, I'm involved in Alpha. If I had an issue with somebody that's let's say is an ACV 
or is in BCS and they're on the eboard. I'm on the eboard. I'm not going to be like, oh, eboard, don't work with them because they did this, this, and that to me and they did this, this, and that and they said this and they were talking about me. Why would I do that? That's not, first of all, that's not the eboard's business. The cl- I'm not the club. I'm in the eboard. I'm not the club. So my issue and my beefs have nothing to do with the club and what we're trying to get done. The point of a multicultural club on campus, I feel like, is to make the students here feel comfortable at this university. If they fall under the category of said organization. Okay, so why would I put them in a in a, in a situation where now we have we have a beef between another org because I have a single issue with a single other person? They shouldn't even be involved in that at all. It's not anybody's business but me and that person. Right. If it's a one on one, this shouldn't be a West Side Story situation where nah. one whole nah. group doesn't like a whole another group nah. and then y'all converge at the Oreo <laughs> and y'all start scrapping. That's that shouldn't not have to be the case at all. If you have something that you feel a way about with somebody, you should be able to be man enough to handle that situation. Even not necessarily resolve it, but handle the situation to where if y'all gotta get something done on any front, y'all get it done. I have always said it. I have always said this, and this is like a PSA. <laughs> if I ever had a conflict with anybody, even with you, let's say you, right? Mm-hmm. If for whatever reason. <laughs> Me and you ever had a conflict, right? I don't see it happening. We still have a radio show to do, right? We got something we got to do. I'm still going to send you the schedule every Friday. Yep. I'm still going to talk to you about what we're talking about. I'm still going to get up here and talk to you. And I might not be happy to be here. And I might not want to come here. And I might not want to sit here for an hour and a half. But we have a responsibility, at least for the rest of the semester. Now, at the end of the semester, if we want to part ways, that's different. But we have a commitment to this radio station, to the school, and to whoever listens. And I feel like it would be childish if we just, because of a petty disagreement... We have just a holdout. Just cut the whole show. Right. There, we shouldn't have a holdout like we're an NFL team and somebody didn't get their contract settled and now we can't talk at all. There's a broken <laughs> line of communication. It might not be the same communication that we've had over the last amount of years where you're texting me saying, hey, what's up? And I'm texting you saying, this is us on Tuesday, whatever. It might not be that if we were to ever Speaking fall out. Of, this is us on Tuesday? Definitely. Okay. Why not? But, <laughs> see, that's what we're able to have. But if we weren't able to have that, worst case scenario, we still got to show up every Saturday at 1130 until One. that week of finals. Right. We show up 1130 to technically 1255, but one o'clock every week until finals. Or if we don't have something we got to do, which means break or another commitment that we have to attend. And that's do or die. But this is what we got to do for an hour and a half. Every Saturday. Unless they say on Saturday, you guys are off. We got to do it. I. This is what I told my friend last night. The only... And this is cheesy because I'm a communication major. The only way to solve issues at the end of the day is communication. And I'm not saying that we should all be best friends. And I'm not saying that we all have to get along. Because I'm the first to say... I don't F with you. And I will not get along with you. And I will not be your friend. And I will not go on vacation with you. And we're not going to hang out. And we're not going to get dinner. Yes. I will be the first to say Because I know the type of people that I like around me. And I don't like... I don't do friend groups. Like, 
I like my very close, my tightness circles. Like, if you know me, I have two people here that I would trust with anything. And that's you and that's Taya. Shout out to Taya. And obviously, I'm becoming close with other people. So maybe we'll get there. Maybe, maybe not. I have other friends. Of course I have other friends. Yeah. But at the end of the day, if it comes down to it, I'm not worried about them. I'm worried about you, one, and I'm worried about two. That's it. Out of this, out of Villanova, Justin, mm-hmm. who's my best friend. Shout out to you. Oh. Best friend. Um, he doesn't watch this again. Um, <laughs> and family. And like, like my, old, my old squad from Fieldson, which at this point has become my three people. <laughs> sometimes, sometimes it gets down to that. And so, this is what I'm saying. Like, I can count on one hand people that I would do anything for. That's not family, and it's always gonna be that way, right? Yeah. There's people here that I have issues with. There's people here that I've argued with. People here that I don't, I don't speak to. Ty just texted me. Oh. She sent me a heart because I gave her a shout. <laughs> um, there's people here that I have issues with, right? Not gonna deny. I'm gonna take accountability for that, and after this, we're gonna we're gonna go because it's twelve fifty five. We'll do a quick donkey of the week. Oh, yeah, then we're out. It's okay. Oh, all right, bye. Um, in my closing statement. At the end of the day, I will never stop doing a job because of somebody that I don't like is doing it too. I will never stop doing what I'm doing. Never stop chasing my bag and getting my recognition and my what I deserve for what I'm doing because somebody else that I don't like is doing it as well. I hope that they do well and I hope that they thrive. That's it. Like It doesn't have to be anything more than that. If we have to speak, if I have to come to you because of an issue that we're having at work, a work-related issue, I will come to you for that. That's I will good. tell you about that. There's no, like, there's no need to bring in work stuff into this. So, again... When I said communication is the only thing that solves anything, I feel like we all need to get together and have a little conversation, right? Where we can reach a point where we stop, at least stop speaking about each other. Like, I don't care for all of us becoming friends and I don't care for all of us being like a big friend group. I don't want that. I don't personally, that's not me. I'm not built like that. However, I'm not trying to live my life thinking about, hmm, I have to work with so-and-so. I wonder what so-and-so says about me when I'm not around. Because at the end of the day, that's how I think because that's how people are here. People will smile on your face and then be talking about you like a dog when you leave. People will dog walk you. People will dog you, people. dog you out while, when you're gone. So, with that, I say to anybody in my year that's listening... I invite you to consider letting go issues and at least reaching a place where you can work with someone to advance a cause. Because at the end of the day, more people of color are not going to miraculously pop into our year. It's only us. And when we become seniors and we graduate, I personally do not want to think about Villanova and think about, I hated all the people of color. I hated everybody. No. We're all here for one thing. We gotta get that degree one way or another. And why can't we support each other doing that? Everybody eats. That that's all I'm gonna say. That's how I'm gonna close it out. So we'll be back next Saturday. Peace and love. Eleven thirty. Peace, love, light, positivity. Always. On twenty nineteen. We're about to here. Thank you for listening.